0: I did read the stopwatch was a presentation hook to get the app rolling. Is that
1: the that's way? The, that's the main one I'm saying because I don't know yeah. how else you could justify mm-hmm. your phone. Well, there's so many clever input ways now that, you know. Well, there, there's think... input ways, but again, it's justifying like casuals, one Bring, thing. Bringing, bringing it, it into play and in having your justification the... for bringing your phone into your play. Right. Play? right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like my phone shouldn't be in sight unless it's justified. So I, I use my phone in my show. But I'm incredibly proud of the justifications I'm using.
0: They're guys. They do magic. They are the magic guys.
2: Hey, Doug and I, we went for a similar magic trick then. I like oh yeah.
0: <laughs> after my after my debacle last week, I wasn't about to pull out a prop.
2: <laughs> you know, speaking <what's laughs> of the classics. I didn't notice it until I saw in the comments about it, and then I rewatched it. Because normally, I at the time I was looking at the camera to do the trick I yeah. was doing.
0: Yeah, I noticed it right away. Oh <laughs> I boy, I did it! I'm like, well, there's a flash right oh, off boy. the bat.
2: <laughs> Oof. You know what, you know what did you do
0: last
1: week, Doug? It's
2: appearing dust. Uh,
0: it's one of the more challenging, more challenging effects. It's the drawer box.
2: Oh damn! <laughs> do you want to do a yeah a retake? <laughs>
0: Well, it's empty uh, because you know I'm on sabbatical from the drawer box now. Murphy's has uh, put me on a three-week secret double probation period. From performing this particular piece. <laughs>
1: oh, I can you imagine. Know. No, they're just like, no free stuff for, No free stuff to Doug for a week. It's crazy. I, you're like, I do the these crazy
0: sleight of hand tricks like I'm breathing, but you put a self-working prop in my hands, and I'm going to screw it up every time.
2: Uh, luckily, you know what? Had we thought about this, like, if you make a note from now on, if we flash in these lives, post-production, you can add these little blur- blurred squares into the video.
1: That's no fun, though. Nah. That's,
2: yeah, that's true. That's true. That's, we want to see that.
1: If you guys screw up, you just got to own it.
0: Yeah, Mika. If you Mika, you catch yeah. these on the edits. I want you to blaringly point them out for me. Make me feel <laughs> the pain.
2: Yeah. Any gimmick I, reveals? I any? S-
1: Let's make it every time you guys flash. It's $10 to a charity.
0: Oh, man. I don't have enough money for that.
2: Oh, boy. <laughs> Depends who the charity is, too
1: uh there we go i got it the vanishing inc youth scholarship fund hey that's a good well hey that's pretty good nice there we go
2: nice hey for those watching we've got brennan dooley co-hosting with us today all the way from new zealand
0: thank you Jason
2: yeah i should let you let you talk for a second um but we've got jason ma still on the ships so therefore you know we thought it'd be more fun to have one of our magic guy mates uh jump on here so
1: You know, this this is what, you know, this is what happens when compared to Jason beating us with gigs, you know, we get to do that. So screw him. That's right. We love it. I still
0: think he's on the lam. I don't know what's going on, but it's not gigs. It's something else. (laughs) We just don't know yet. We're waiting for the reveal.
2: Yeah. What is he really up to?
0: I'm assuming that he's been uh, taken in by the jugglers and he's been practicing the juggling arts and that when he emerges from the cruise ship, it will be in a new form. He will I can imagine Pokemon he'll be five on dubs by the end of this. Mm. You juggling know, and dubs. He could do the free one act.
2: He could double up. You know, the only reason he told me he took the second month of being on the ship was so that he could learn billiard ball manipulation by the magician that was going to be on the ship as well. Wow. Um, Brennan, you know his name, right? I, yeah, Ruben ha-
1: Morland. Like, I mean, Ruben's a boss. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, Ruben like, Moran
2: comes to manipulation. No. So
1: I can see why he'd want to take advantage of that. And in terms of like a younger guy that without without being racist, a younger guy that's not Korean, I can't think of anyone as good a ball manipulation as Ruben. Wow, I had no idea he was like a ball guy. And and what is yeah. he
0: doing on a boat in Australia? He's like
1: moving and shaking, right?
0: That's yeah, like, he's
1: just always been all over the place, but he's very good friends with Dom Chambers, who cr- oh. kind of created the show. Mm. Right, right.
2: I, and so, from, from what, what I've not- from what I've noticed, they also have separate magic acts on the ship, separate to the variety show that they're doing. Like, okay. um, they've had—I'm just having way too many mental blanks now. But they've had a few ship guys that um, we would be aware of, but just right. separately. So Jace has been able to watch those shows as well. Nice, and um, I feel like that's probably what Ruben was doing. Um,
1: yeah, must be a big no, Ruben's note. part of Purple Rabbit.
2: Okay, F- forget what I was saying. He's uh, yep, he's in the show too.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, he's part of what? What? What did you call it? Purple Rabbit. Yeah, it's called the Purple Rabbit Show.
0: Oh, I see. And this is the a variety experience they offer
1: on the yeah so it's by a company called Strud and fret so they produce a lot of shows um oh. kind of circ spiegel tent kind of okay. we'll, we'll label them as sexy circus shows in their simplest form uh-huh. so this is kind of them doing a sexy magic show with a bit of variety dig it mm. yeah so i'd be very into everything i've heard about it's great so and also with dom being such a big part of it i wouldn't expect it to be than great. And also the variety acts are great. Like I know a couple of the circus acts, in there and they're and they're top notch.
2: I saw a post that it's going to be at one of the fringes, or it's going to be at a festival on land. I saw no, it's a still post Br- about it's
1: it. It's doing Brisbane Festival, so you can go see it.
2: Oh, that's right. That's why I got excited. I was like, oh, I'll actually get to go uh, see the show.
1: Absolutely. So I'll be intrigued to see if they'll still be running both shows at the same time, because obviously they've kind of got quite a bit of crossover and you know quite a cast rotation now but i'm just mm. intrigued if they've got it to a point that it's enough for two shows
2: yeah i look forward to seeing it absolutely you know right now we've got um the Mayo magic bar in uh, touring in brisbane right now which is oh
1: true have you have you gone to see it
2: not yet you know it, it's um it's on like it's on the radar, but it's not like I'm not jumping at it because it's not. It's more of an immersive experience rather than a sit and watch show. It's, yeah, but uh, I
1: think that um, for me, that's more of a reason to go and see it because mm. that's a different entertainment experience of magic that you get to educate yourself on. Did
2: you say it was a magic bar? Mm. Is that what you said? Yeah. yeah. So it's a it's a Tokyo inspired um, pop up bar. So what they did was they got. <clears throat> I don't know why my throat's not clear on the pod, but they got these pop up, uh, sh- they got these shipping containers and turned them into a movable bar. So they they tour with this. So you go in, and it's a bar setup, and magicians rove around and 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 I believe most some of these guys are from Japan as well that are in the show, and yeah. so they have very visual styled um, Japanese magic with fans and and bright colors, neon setups and stuff in the bar. And then at the end, they do sort of a cabaret stage sort of group act. Um, And they have an MC that sort of ties everything together throughout the time you're in there. But at the same time, you're ordering drinks and that kind of stuff.
0: So it's like a pop-up magic experience
2: of sorts, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Um
1: I, well, I think it'd be really worth seeing in terms of why. Like, again, it's just seeing magic presented in a different way. Cause screw the magic yeah. itself, but see how it's presented and what are the, right. how are the audience experiencing magic? Yeah.
0: Especially uh, an intimate magic experience to offer that in a nouveau way.
2: I'm a yeah. fan of
1: that. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Well, I would, I would love to dig it. it. So it's Josh, you need to go see it for us. No so doubt. You can
2: I agree. For those go watching see it this, and secretly the... record
1: it and then yeah. you can sell it
0: to us and I'd pay for it.
2: <laughs> there we go. So, Sounds good. Well, I almost, I got, I did get asked to be in the show when they were doing Adelaide Fringe. Um, the the producer, Kristen, Kristen, Kirsten, Kristen, Kristen. Um, yeah, I had a meeting with her and she's like explained it all. This is before I even knew like what it was at all, but um, uh, at the time like it was a bit weird to travel and stuff, so I'm like, ah, I probably won't. But yeah, know, I remember I see you it mentioning it, all the no, different not cities. About that,
1: um, but yeah, that was right in the heart of COVID
2: yeah 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 so yeah it made a bit challenging but now it's great to see him like doing the fringes they they just did a whole like couple of weeks at the gold coast near me and now in brisbane they're having fun with it heck yeah it's good it's good but uh what are you doing brennan at the moment you're doing gigs right um, now right i mean we talked about this
1: just before this so that's exciting so good gig next month um this weekend i helped my girlfriend move that was super exciting and then i think last week was pretty chill for gigs but i've been busy like the past very much so the past few weeks but last week was pretty chill
2: you had a gig you were saying you had a gig the other week where they changed up on you what you were meant to do
1: oh yeah that was great fun so this was an interesting one. So this was and it was so and kind of annoying because it was right in the heart of this busy period. So there's a last minute gig comes up off an agent that, like that type of agent that gets you like a gig every 2 years. Like they just pop up out of the blue and they never book you because of your faith. Anyway, they actually book <laughs> because of your I'll faith? Book. What because sorry? Of, they never book you why?
0: Oh, because of my faith. Your fee. Okay. Oh, fee! I thought you said faith. I thought you were oh, bringing religion yeah, into the discussion. was yes, about no, to get no. juicy oh, with yeah, the magic. magic yeah,
1: through my career.
0: Absolutely. No, <laughs> no we don't book a Zen Buddhist here. No.
1: Exactly. Get down,
0: get the, get down the street. All right. Absolutely. All right.
1: On, Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, exactly. but yeah. Anyway, so it was for close up So I was, and it was like a Monday night, and I like, was flying home the day before that morning. So I was like, yeah, I can squeeze this in, and I was like. It was an hour close-up, but it was like 80 people. So I was like, let's make it like 90 minutes because I'm nice and, you know, we'll make sure everyone gets to see some magic. Yeah. So this booked on the Thursday beforehand. Um, no, sorry, it was the Friday morning it finally booked. So I'm trying to get the client on the phone, couldn't get a hold of her. So basically this woman was on leave from her job but trying to sort something for this event that was happening on Monday. So I finally get her on the phone and I very quickly realize damn, she thinks she's getting a show rather than close-up. you
0: got to arrange it. the 90-minute
1: experience now. Exactly, and I'm having to explain to her the difference between close-up and a show. And it, like, this woman wasn't dumb either, but like she just wasn't fully getting it. So I was like, look, just to keep it easy, I'm happy to do a 40-minute show for the same price. Let's just keep it easy. And then they're like, oh, but everyone thinks we're getting 90 minutes.
2: And it's, I'm just who, thinking who
1: wants that? Nobody wants you, don't even want David Copperfield for 90 exactly minutes. Exactly right. <laughs> right. I'm just thinking I'm not doing a 90 minute show for this fee. And right. so I'm having to go look. If I can do a longer show, I can get like to the 75, 80 point, like and they wanted straight through, no intermission either. Yeah, that's brutal. I was just like, yeah, like, but it's gonna be X amount extra. Mm-hmm. And they were like, all right. And I was just having to get them around this idea. And then they had to call the boss. And this was like five o'clock on a Friday. And good the times. gig was on the Monday. And then I'm having to call the agent going, you fucked up. Um, and mm. explain to them go, hey, how much are you taking? Because this is the price I've said and blah, blah, blah. You take what you need to. But um, all in all, it ended up being a great gig. And I did 75 to 80 minutes. And it was actually a really good show. Um, but you know, it's just such an interesting thing with what we do where it's now, now I'm curious, yeah. what are yeah. the
0: pieces? What, what are the pieces that get you that extra 20 minutes?
1: Cause I know you ain't got no hour 30 ready to roll. Like what are your, Okay, I've I got, get- I got an hour good to go. Um, and then I just kind of squeeze in another couple bits, kind of,
0: you know. I mean, you are using a lot of spectator interaction, audience
1: yeah, participation. Yeah, yeah. so like most of my show anyway is audience participation. I don't yeah, really yeah. have a lot of standalone just me on stage material. Mm. Um, you have a
2: you have a B show, right? So you could take Oh some absolutely. Of so yeah, stuff yeah, I've got a B show, B show and then
1: like stuff I stuff AMC where then you know it's kind of I'll do so let's say I'm doing like a bigger mentalism thing, yeah. I'll do a smaller mentalism thing to warm up.
0: Yeah, I got it. Yeah. And
1: so then that's another five minutes. Yeah. And then that kind of shit. So it wasn't mm-hmm. too hard to stretch out.
0: So I like to sell raffle tickets during the show for prizes. <laughs> that's what I do. I like it. That, that takes a good yeah. 30 minutes to get out there and hawk some tickets, you know. Oh, a we little, go. little extra scratch.
2: We you just pull out some lollipops for the little kids? Watching that, the show. Those
1: cost too much. <laughs> yeah. And just be like, and then you just ask their name first and then you can be like, look, I'm not a stranger. Pure candy. So
2: you, just, you just start doing pass the parcel. There we you go. Know, that always kills. That always kills. Oh, I'm fine. Yeah.
1: Oh, I love this. Yeah. This is like just making me think of like an MC's toolbox. Now I'm just like, let's write down all this random shit we can have for when we need to kill mm. time.
2: You know, it's funny though. We, I say pass the parcel, but I have done that in a show and it, did go well. It was part of a uh, confabulation routine. Okay. And it was pass the parcel. And every time it stopped, you would ask that person for information. They'd unwrap a layer. And by the end, it was a envelope, a clear envelope. And then when opened, it showed all the things that they had named. Nice. Awesome. It was going. I,
1: I think I Stop. remember this. Was this that Brisbane casino show?
2: <clears throat> yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. With that, uh, I the help of I mean? uh, that's Jeff, right. Jeff Kayler's routine. Yeah, um, good old uh, Jeff that, that was dope. That was and so, passive, you know, adults at uh in the right context can be pretty fun. I haven't done Thank that you. routine Remind since. Remind
1: me actually.
2: to make a note. You need to get Jeff K- <laughs> That's how excited he was that uh Brennan wants Vanish. to get,
0: the vanishing like, has happened.
2: Yeah, he's like, I'm going to take myself off the show because you need to get Jeff Kayla onto the show. And I'd love so, to
1: chat up Jeff Kayla. That would be fun.
2: Yeah, that would be pretty awesome.
1: Sorry, back. yeah, I just dropped <laughs> it up there. But um, yeah, no, we'll absolutely give, give Jeff Kayla for you. He's a good buddy.
2: Sounds good.
0: You know, Sounds good. Reflecting on the in, back in the day, the vaudeville guys used to do a few sh- sh- tricks where they'd get the woman up in the box, and you'd have to come pay a quarter to go look in the box and see yeah. how the swords are going through.
1: Yeah, the to be a good right. add-on to
0: the raffle ticket.
1: <laughs> yeah, because wasn't it with that one, if it's the one I'm thinking of, wasn't it kind of like everything goes in, and then, yeah, you get to pay to look, and then you yeah, kind it's like of the sword. The I think Penn
0: and Teller actually had this in their show for a while. They were doing it. It wouldn't surprise me if
1: they did something yeah, like Yeah, and they're, like, charging you a quarter to look. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm intrigued.
1: So you got to win the secret. and yeah, then right. Like <laughs> and go what look a in the sword box, and the girl's going, yep, I'm in here.
2: And uh
0: what that's did a any fun of you idea guys, for a show extender.
2: Yeah. Did 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 you guys ever see um the show and tell show that uh, show. Stu and Oh my god, what are their names again? Stu and Barry and, and Stewart. Barry and Stewart did at a fringe. No they did they did two shows. One was the show and one was the tell. And you can what? go to both if you want. And one is the show and the other one is here's how we did it all. But what made it interesting was the show was comprised of effects that had a really convoluted method that they only created for the purpose of this show so that the the tell was interesting. So cool. Yeah, and apparently one of them was like – a basic here and there with a card, a signed card. But the method was they had a projector, um, not a projector, a um, a what do you call it? A copy machine, like built into something. So it actually copied the card and signature, scanned it, and then printed it out over here. And that's right. how they, and that's how they made it look like it went from here to here. Like they had just a really crazy. You'd never do this method. Um, I love that. That's Same.
1: so that's brilliant. And like I know they would never like reveal anything properly, but like they would go to this extent. So that's
2: oh that's so good. I just realized uh Chris thank you, Chris. In the chat he mentioned, oh yeah, Josh has used the raffle in his show before. And I didn't know what he meant. But Chris came to help me with a show once in this country town called Bigenden. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me, Chris. And uh yeah, real country town christmas street show and uh i'm doing a stage show but they didn't have a stage so they got a flatbed truck to 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 reverse in and that's what i was using as my stage now i have a vlog of this as well so the footage is out there but what happened halfway through the show is the mc just starts reading out over the same pa system i'm using um, the raffle uh, of the winners for, you know, the draw they'd done during the day.
0: <laughs> he's like, You've said enough, Magi. It's my turn now. Just,
2: this dude, you know, he's like a, a 70-year-old MC. Um, I couldn't believe it. He just starts blaring out these raffles. Because for him, he's like, oh, yes, yeah, night nighttime. Great. We better do the raffle. Eight o'clock. We've time to, time to announce it. Oblivious to what else is going on. It was crazy Mm-mm-mm. time. It was good fun. It's good fun. I
1: can can just imagine you halfway through a routine. Like, okay, and we cut the rope. And then he just starts going.
0: Nine, one, seven, four, (laughs) three. Anybody?
2: Uh, Yellow ticket, (laughs) C41. You've won the meat tray. (laughs) Bloody hell, it was funny.
1: i got to love country towns.
2: Like,
1: (sighs) I think Aussie country towns have the best names.
2: Yeah, Binghamton, Binghamton. There were, like, cows we were dodging and. This is when the Australia uh, fires were happening. So we were driving through some of the towns that were just fully blacked out from, from being wow. burnt down. It was like insane. That's for, mental. For, for anyone who remembers, that was like the thing we cared about before COVID came in and took the limelight.
1: That was, yeah, that was, 2020 was a crazy <clears throat> year. <laughs> yeah, bloody hell. Well, it was in the first quarter. So much had gone down.
2: Yeah. But since then, if, you, know, you know, gig, know, gigs have gotten a lot better.
1: You Absolutely. Know. You know, we forget about that stuff now. But, well, hey, at least it's our job to make people forget about it.
2: That's right. I was saying off air and then Doug made a good point. He's like, stop the story. Tell us on air. But I uh, yeah. got to do my magic of sales keynote again. Uh, it's been a while since I've done them. And uh, I got to do one at this conference last week that had been rescheduled for two years because of COVID this conference has really tried to put it on and they kept like checking in with me for new dates and things like that. And it always got pushed back and it's for this company that, that creates um, window fashion. I'd never heard that term before, but like blinds and coverings and awnings and stuff. Window and uh, window window, window, yeah, window fashion. It's a like,
0: company like that. that can afford your fees. There we that's, go.
2: Well, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. right. So, yeah, so Doug, a keynote is like a business presentation or like a maybe what you might think of like a motivational speaker. It's like when someone gets up for an hour and it's usually for educational purposes about a topic. You So know, not as the much business.
0: entertainment. You're not looking to make them laugh and cheer as much as you're trying to give them a little more uh, you so, know, something they can work with in their regular work or life kind of deal.
2: That's yeah. Essentially, that's the goal. Is it, It's it's more yeah, educational with some moments to, um,
0: entertaining, um, but the educational. Mood. Yeah.
2: But here's the thing. So so when I first started doing this keynote, and I was getting great mentorship from Vin Yang, uh, superb keynote speaker who now is like going crazy viral on our, on the socials, which is great to see as well. And he te- now now he mainly focuses on on teaching communication skills to people. But um, he first told me, like, if you want to get in the keynote speaking world, you have to be seen as a speaker first and magician second, like when you're doing those keynotes. Right. Yep. So he's like, you need to be able to do like an opening seven minutes of not magic, but rather mm. like hook in, give them the hook of why they should listen to you for this yeah. hour and, and all this stuff. So the keynote used to be based around that <clears throat> with a performance piece of magic throughout it to act as the metaphor for the thing I'm going to talk about. So that's what I was doing.
0: Seven, seven minutes to me seems like an eternity with no <clears> magic. <throat> um, and right. I guess that's just my na- naivety. You know, stand-ups, I guess, do it. That's, you know, you just get up there and talk. But what yeah. a big, big difference, huh? Well, Ooh, yeah. So,
2: that, that, I mean, and if anyone gets a chance, you should look up the, I'm, I'm sure he has a, a couple of his keynotes out there online. and Write just, this down.
0: Can and I'll just get the chance
2: yeah yeah so uh v i n h g i a n g and his talk is just bloody great and not only is the magic good but he's funny and like the thing is he's like for example he his story is really good like he won the young entrepreneur of the year award in adelaide he got mentored by these really top people and the story of how he got their attention was really interesting like he bought he bought 100 of this guy's books so that he could get his attention to, to like meet up for a coffee and right. things, things like this. Really, really clever. Yeah, yeah. Anyhow, so I haven't done one of these keynotes for a little while now, simply because conferences haven't been able to happen the way that they were happening. Yep. And um, over, over COVID, I kind of lost, unfortunately, a bit of Love for doing these keynotes because I'd just been having more fun doing shows and and roving, and I hadn't really stayed up to date with the knowledge. Like, because with a keynote, you always have to be refining, reading books, like making sure you're giving them the best info to date. And I just hadn't been that interested in it. So, and another thing happened: my my main agent at this bureau that I'd been exclusive with left. So I didn't really. I wasn't really interested in being exclusive with these guys anymore because she's left. And so I was like, you know, I'll still do keynotes, but I'm not like, it's not like my number one thing. Anyway, but this one had been rebooked for two years. So I'm like, you know what? I'll of course I'll still do it. Um, but I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna still give them all the info, but let's just see like how much fun we can have. Cause they told me I'm the last speaker, I'm like the closing speaker. So they've already spent three days spending yeah. so many hours listening to information I'm like what wow. info are they really still gonna soak in <clears throat> anyway so I changed around the show and so the show starts with magic well it, I still give the premise but I do like a pretty strong piece of magic and then like I just made it like full of laughs and performances and stuff and then I guess I kind of switched it around I made the educational bits smaller and the performance bits bigger and uh damn, it was so much fun it was so much fun and um, the very next day, I got a I got a message on Instagram from from one of the other companies that were there, and they're like, "Oh, are you available next year? Yeah, we're having a, a conference uh, as well. What's your fee for that?" And I was like, "Hell yeah!" So, I'm and that's it. A- like
1: I think we get brought in as the fun so much with these kinds of things. So, like yeah. I'm so like, with my keynote, I open with just ten minutes magic. It's just mm. this. Mm. So for me, Doug, my keynote is kind <clears> of more <throat> my life story um, dealing with adversity, that kind of stuff. I so see. I open with like 10, just 10 minutes of magic. And then I get to go, great. This is what I do. This is what I do in this world. Mm. And this is the other side of my life. And then I'm talking for about 15, 20 minutes straight of just content and kind of my story. And that's probably the most terrifying thing I do. Like, as you say, like talking for that yeah. long without a trick is mm. terrifying.
0: I could wrap my head around this presentation a little more than I could wrap my head around, you know, uh telling businessmen how to do businessmen things, you know. Exactly I could tell my right. story and I could tell I could tell, you know, people how to be uh, you know, totally. persistent and yep. so on.
2: And and going into sales, like the sales realm of talking, that's yeah. the thing that always daunted me. Like, why would yeah. a successful director of a company sit there and listen to me, a magician, magic boy, Mm -hmm. you know, give them insight. But what the thing that, that, that made it useful was it's not that it's, it's, uh, I'm explaining things that magicians do in a really important way for us that you can use if you flip it in your... Yeah, I'm sure there's bonus. value there. But, like, um, uh,
0: no doubt that that's valuable information presented yeah. properly. one hundred percent. I
1: think like, at the end of the day, like, no matter the content, like I know you're dropping good content and people will take away from it, but I see that mm-hmm. as a bonus for them because we're just brought in as that pattern interruption of, like, well, let's have a session that can inject some fun into the
0: content. Yeah, that would make sense. They're not looking for the magician to be the, the most educational, right? No. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah.
1: 100% right. not.
2: I'm often referred to as the wild card of the conference. Yeah, right?
0: Yes. You know? So let's talk yeah. fees. When you, when you book an event mm. like this and you're not mm. bringing maybe
2: as much magic
0: and such, is it
2: the mm. same,
0: less, more? Think, think? So
2: think, think of what your fee is mm-hmm. if, if someone wants you do it, to do a stage so, show. So
0: uh, 25 bucks plus what? Are
2: we, <laughs> yep. Is there is a yeah. per diem to go with that? <clears throat> so the thing is, because it's edu- educational, you can basically double your fee.
0: Wow, really?
2: And that's not even close to what the speakers are getting paid, but that's what we can charge. Yeah. It's a really it's a really bizarre world. Like, okay, cuz th- there's there's a lot more because now you're educating people, it's not like every single word you say is is scripted for that hour. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a lot more work. Anyway, but right. yeah. Sorry, but, can I um, quickly
1: chime in with, with something in testament to that? I, um, mm. I told Josh this the other day. I think this is a perfect example. So I did this um, conference a month ago now. Um, basically, the guy had seen me before and everything else was great. Anyway, did the session. Great. He's driving me back to the airport the following morning. And he goes to me, you want some feedback? I'm like, absolutely. And he's like, great. You're too cheap. Yeah! Wow! <laughs> and I was kind of like, "Well, okay." And I was, and this was the thirty people at eleven o'clock on a Thursday. Mm. And yeah. it's like, and I'm like, "Okay, what would you have paid?" And he's like, "This." I'm was like, "Was it? Was it almost double?" Enough?
2: I can't remember. I remember, I remember the numbers, but I was it like it, double it, what it was, you originally. It was
1: enough. It was. Let me hear. Like it was it like was in like the thousands, like
2: right? It was like quite a bit.
1: And add that on top.
2: Yeah. Yep, yep. Look, I'm so, gonna bring this.
0: I, I would agree with Magic Mike here. I am loving this keynote chat. I'm learning lots today.
2: Hey, thanks. <laughs> yeah. If if by the way, anyone wants to see my keynote that I talk about, I've put the whole thing out on YouTube. Oh, um, great. It's if you if you type Josh Lobito Magic of Sales keynote, uh, you can watch it. Um, we filmed a conference in Melbourne that that uh, yeah it was was super fun. A few. Years do
0: you back. use that as a sales tool when you're pitching the or or, or do? You, uh, is this something you would send to a client to look at to see what they're booking or just for no, your I just own?
2: <clears throat> not really. Yeah. Okay. All so, right. so I always thought that the intellectual property I should keep to myself and not share oh. it. But then someone said to me, like, um, don't think of yourself as that special. Like, it's better to put the knowledge out there to help people than worry about like someone stealing it or thinking they don't have to book you now because it's online. Like, yeah. And that was so right. That never. Has come up like, oh, we don't need you because our whole team watched it. Like that's. But you're not you're, a, not, you're not
0: sending clients to that
1: to look at it.
2: No, no, that's yeah, right. I I send no, them a promo. I'll send them clips of it. If but...
1: Clients find it just because. Let's be honest. If a client finds on that, and we're like, I'm going to show this to my team, mm. they want to yeah. give them the experience live, not the yeah, video. Yeah, yeah.
2: If anything, what happens is the client someone will watch it if anything i've gotten work from it so people will right. watch it and then go oh i want that live experience for my thing that makes sense yeah yeah so um yeah so it's out there so you can you can watch it and obviously every time i'm i'm presenting to a different um conference with a different you know uh, viewership there and and um different industry like it always will be Tailored the actual info we're giving, so that, and that is
0: work. One. So, you deserve that money because it is work. That's the work, right? Well, there. Yeah, you start that's doing that's original do work. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah, but and also
1: like different session lengths as well. And when you're dealing with content compared to like, oh, I'll just take out a trick, it's a completely mm. different game of whether you're doing mm. 45, 60, or 90 minutes or even less it's like right how am i bringing the most value and the content comes first and the magic is very much secondary especially if it's, material, if it's material
0: if it's not in your uh, standard repertoire this is material that you've crafted for an event and now you you know so it's not like you're just cruising down easy street doing your magic coloring book or whatever you're used to doing you're doing new rehearsed mm. oh
1: 100 and especially yeah. like dialogue it is rehearsal time. yeah right
2: Oh, that's yeah, crazy
0: you ever cheat with teleprompters or any of that stuff?
2: Not yet. Well,
0: no, nah. I don't nah, know. I don't know. I don't know what guys decisions. use. They probably some of them probably have the ear things, right? Where you could just Nah, if you're getting yeah, paid, you better like, you I mean, better memorize your work.
1: Yeah, it's I easy, think so, yeah. especially because otherwise, if you're running off a script too much, especially when it comes to like a story, especially, then it's not genuine anymore. Mm. Mm-hmm. See, so mm-hmm. for me, like it's my story is written out and everything I'm saying, but there's still that flexibility.
0: Yeah.
1: If in that moment I feel I need to say a different word or, you know, heck, especially recently, I had a week where I did three keynotes in a week, which was like, I haven't done them for two years. Oh, here's three at once. Okay. And it was actually really nice. And I did it in two different formats and, and also quite different audience. So one was like principals of schools and the other was students, but they were like 16, 17 year olds. And mm. it was cu- kind of cool having those two different audiences but yeah, then right. like speaking to the principals and going actually that's actually really useful to teenagers let's put that in the next session and blah 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 so I think it's just good to be still in the moment but again it's just a different time battle and yeah when you're working on those different time links and especially like 15-20 minutes without a trick it's mental
2: it Yeah. You, you're conscious of it that you're not doing an effect. So you're like, are they going to start yawning? Are they going to, but if you're good, that's the time where they, they've like got their notebook up and they're like writing notes down.
1: Yeah. And that's, I think what Josh said is before, I think we get so that imposter syndrome really kicks in of, are they Mm. getting value from us? Are we an authority on this topic? Is this a valuable thing? Is
0: is there room to double dip a gig? Is there a, a environment where you're booked to keynote and entertain maybe at the same conference? Is that ever happening?
1: It's possible. I haven't had it for any of these ones. These ones have very much just been daytime things, everything yeah. I've done personally. So they haven't had like a awards night or anything like that following.
2: Yeah, I've only done make- keynote and roving. I've done like some roving okay. right. in like the that evening, but never. Yep. Yeah, I probably wouldn't. I don't know that I would book a stage, uh, like a magic show and a keynote because like that's a long time for them to watch. Well, I was thinking it'd be stage, different days but,
0: even, or, you know, or maybe like you said, you're doing strolling, yeah. maybe you're on the trade show floor or you're in the mm. hospitality suite one night, something like that, where you're doing, you know, working a company for different things with magic, but beyond the keynote.
2: Different, different days would work for sure. Yeah. I think that, that, yeah, that, yeah, that's what
0: I assumed when I asked
2: Provided, me. provided the first day goes well. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> absolutely. No, but that's the, sad. Mm, but um, what can I say about keynotes for magicians listening? It really was eye-opening. And I'm sure Brendan can agree too. Like It was really eye-opening to what like budgets are out there f- to mm-hmm. be booked at because the bureau that I approached in the beginning to represent me, when I told them my fee, they're like, that's too low for us to show our clients. Like Your fee is too low where they will worry you're not professional yep. enough. They're yeah. like, you need to almost double it to what I, at the time, was, was – um, pitching to them and they're like it's it's weird but clients will feel more comfortable with booking you the higher your fee is because in their realm you're being backed by a bureau which means you're good and if your fee's high it means like you're in demand and like you must be like really professional it's so bizarre it's so and I freaking weird.
1: Speak, this is a really good point of it reflects in entertainment as well so mm. I work with an agency here that, and so does Josh. Like, I mean, you know, we both work with agencies that primarily book speakers. When we mm-hmm. got put on those rosters, our entertainment had to be at a certain price point because this was the league we were now working in. We're not being booked as magicians. We're being booked as entertainment who are on that same league.
2: Yep. Dig, dig Absolutely.
1: It. So, you point. know, for me, for like I remember when I got picked up by my first one, I was just kind of like in my head, I was just like having to go walking into this meeting going, okay, my fee needs to be, because also with um bureaus, they like having one fee. There's not often mm. a lot of room for, so for instance, like for some events we might get hit up for, we might offer three different options. Speaker bureaus don't like that. They want to go one fee. Um, And I just remember having to walk into this meeting going, I guess this is my fee now. And then walk into the meeting and they're like, right, what's your fee? And they're like this. And they're like, yep, that sounds reasonable. And it's just like, you know, hearing that, agreeing, and then booking me a lot of work at that price. It's just like, what the heck?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's just a testament to um, this MCing gig that you booked coming up where, you know, not a lot of magicians are signing these five- The
0: lesson I'm hearing is that if you can get yourself into booking environments that aren't standard environments, maybe it's advantageous. You know, well, like a, a speaker bureau. I've never heard that term, but this company that mainly books speakers. Right? You get your you get in that, and now you're in the good.
2: Well, so. it is. It is. Well, what they'll do is they'll help you realize like what you're worth, and they'll also help you with your perceived value online and things like that. But yeah. what it really opened my eyes to is like this is what people are paying for in other industries because mm-hmm. the magician mentality is a little off because we're always working individually. So we don't really have that brain trust of figuring out, you know, what other acts are charging and this and that. Yeah. So working with the Bureau, they're very open. They're like, we, you know, this speaker charges this much, this guy's this much, you know, this is the entry level fee you have to charge. And so it, it helped me know that I need to up my fee just in general. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and Brennan and I were talking about this earlier. I upped my fee last year to something outrageous I didn't think like people would pay for but like I know I'm worth it I'm just saying in budget wise I, I didn't think people would go for it and anyway I've been so I've been proven so wrong and like I had the best financial year ever this year just gone not because I did more gigs just because like my mind changed and I was like you know what I'm going to ask for this fee and people just pay it but had I, you know, it's just a mental thing. I guess is what I'm getting at. It opens your mind to like
0: you it's can a, feed, a, you, a, you can
2: feed a, your family, lazy.
0: So, <laughs> so fifty
2: bucks. You yeah, you are worth at least fifty bucks. Is what <laughs> I'm right. saying. Yeah, you can get that double supreme pizza combo <laughs> with coke and garlic bread every
1: Woo. week. <laughs> That's that. Uh, um, but anyway, I think, you know, where people do get lazy, I think it's worth talking about, like. A lot of corporate guys, there's guys with some absolute banger shows and then some Mm. that are like pretty lazy, but I think it's being worth being aware that a lot of those ones that are on the lazier side, they might not get rebooked the same. They might have the most amazing marketing and stuff in the world, but if the show doesn't carry through, that's when the longevity isn't there. So I think it's Mm -hmm. being aware, you know, for magicians like me, if you do look into kind of stepping up a notch, making sure everything is completely consistent.
0: Yeah. Don't suck. Don't charge more and suck, suck fellas have, mm.
1: you know, spend good money on promo. Like, I can tell you my website's 10 grand. Like it's, you know, and that good was shoes. It, exactly. Like good shoes, good suit, um, a damn good haircut. Like just everything needs to be on point. And I think that is that detail. that still a lot of people miss yeah. that. They, yeah. they can go into Helen Stein, spend, you know, 150 us on a suit and go, yep, I can charge five grand a gig now.
2: Mm. Right. Mm. I mean, um, Jason Ladanye was uh, at Magic Live and I walked up to him and I was like, bro, that's a nice suit. And he's like, yeah, man, this suit cost me $2,000. Yep. Uh, and I'm like, well, goddamn. He's like, you know why it's a $2,000 $2, suit? I'm like, why? He's like, because pay, people are going to pay me X amount of money. So, of course, I would be in a $2,000 suit. <laughs> you know, it just made sense. I was like, well, goddamn.
0: He's damn. Yeah,
2: this, yeah. This guy was is just,
0: proud of himself. Oh, As he oh, should be. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking, you know, you run um, into a guy, nice suit. Yeah, you know what it cost? A lot, because I charge a shitload of it.
2: Yeah, right. he was really interesting because he was he takes his own um, projector screen to at the time he was telling oh, me anyway. Really? Because he does because he does close up yeah. card table magic. He has his own projector setup that he'll take to an event. He'll I find the wall, you know, he, like he'll do it all. For them, so he'll and then he'll you know project it on there and it's a
0: projector. Do the show,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. At least then it was. I mean, yeah. I just, well, yeah. Anyway, I, I just had a meeting with um, this company. I'll, I'll, I'm doing an event with, and they create stuff for office workspaces, and they've just invented this crazy cube thing that projects just an enormous five meter wide video. And it has a speaker built into it, and um, so we're doing. I'm doing an event with them coming up, and uh, my videographer Dan is going to project. So I'm going to do some close-up magic and actually use it in that way. Um, And I'll I'll definitely make that
1: part of your fee. Be like, right? How much does it cost you to make one of those things?
2: Great, boom, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me one. But no, that was pretty wild. But um, so I can hopefully show you guys that when it when it when it when it happens, but um. What other weird gig stories have uh, been happening lately? Didn't you do a gig, Doug? You had to cancel a live because you were doing a an event last week, I think.
0: Oh or, no, that was not an event. Was that? Did I lie to you?
2: I think you said <laughs> you have a you have a private booking, so there won't be a no no not not the not the podcast, but one of your lives you were doing on your. Yeah, channel.
0: No comment. That was a lie. <laughs> nice. You heard no, it. Man, it was just because my teeth, my teeth, it was because my toothache is what it was. So, right, uh, right. The appointment you... was me crying like I was in a fetal position in the bedroom.
1: <laughs> oh, oh
2: goddamn. Okay. Well, All right. Let me tell you really this. About it. <laughs> let me tell you this quick story. This, this, uh, magical, real magic happened the other day. And maybe it can lead into what we were talking about off air as well the trailer that, uh, you were going to show me, Brennan. So, mm. I love doing magic where, you let's say you get lucky, quite often. Like it's it's non sleight of hand magic, but it looks like. happened to like, me and three kids later, a, mate? You're you know exactly what I'm talking about. I then. Know
0: exactly <laughs> what
2: you're talking about. <laughs> so yeah, so I um, was doing this event. It was for the it was for the uh, air force, the Australian Air Force, Australian Air Force Army Defence. Anyway, um, doing this event, this guy, I sit the deck in front of him and uh, i say name a card he says ace of spades and his girlfriend next to him says queen of hearts and i'm like oh who's first and he's like me so i'm like all right name a number up to 10 he says seven i go nowhere near the deck i say all right your card will be the seventh one down so he deals down to seven boom his card because i've worked with uh this card magic for so long now i'm like you know what i reckon i can do this so then i say to the woman all right, you want a queen of hearts. So just name a name another num- name a small number. And she says 4, and I just look at her and go, "Well, your card will be the fourth wow. one down now." She deals down to the fourth card, queen of hearts. Wow. And that Double moment was any
0: card at any number.
2: That moment was beautiful. It was beautiful. What's um, the math
0: on that? Did you do you know? Can we figure the math out there? I think it's the like
1: eight, thril- are, eight, 8 trillion. I don't know. Like, I mean, that's not... that's like. It was good. The odds were in the favor there, especially on that second one. I think that second one was pretty controlled.
2: Well, I mean, if you think about it, they're both pretty controlled in the word, the language you're using. But still, to them, it's like...
1: Oh, it's a yeah. I am mean, miracle hair,
2: Absolutely. Like, because the fact that they've just seen me shuffle the deck... And then I've just set them the, the deck down. I don't touch it. And then for them to name that exact number where their card is at. Anyway, so that, that for me, I was like, yes, that made, you know, the last six years of working this magic worth it. <laughs> for them to see me do nothing and pure magic happen was the best thing ever. Again. But the,
0: it, the only way you get that is to get that good at it, though. You have to be that sure. good to where you can go,
1: just name a card. Let's go. Well, yeah, I think that's yeah. the ultimate thing of like getting it to that point, not just like mnemonica, but like just getting yourself to that point of, it's that extra reminder of the importance of as a performer being in the moment and being able to, mm. to adapt to the situation. Story. Yep.
2: Yeah. If you want to be in the yep. moment, that'll do it.
1: Again, like, I mean, I think I talked about it the first time I was on here, but, like, I mean, you know, I've got my favorite story for being in the moment, but it's just, you know, it's such an important thing where it's just, like, there's so many cool. moments that performers miss by not being able to adapt to a situation and just knowing your variables.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm, hmm absolutely.
1: So, but, um, like, not that I'm trying to, like... I don't want to sound negative at the moment, because, again, that's a great hit, but I something I'd love to talk to about with Mnemonica, I just find it quite interesting. What's your thoughts in terms of, like, I guess, controlled jazzing. Because for me, what I've been personally loving with Monica lately is the fact I have open access to any card that I want in my hands. So personally, what I've been doing most of the time is just going, name a card, getting that card to where I want it to be, and, you know, either doing my behind the back or pocket, whatever, revealing it in some way. And Mm -hmm. I know that's going to hit every time because that's rehearsed. Yeah. Um, And I guess because for me as I'm sure you would agree, often cards would have different cards have better hits than others. No doubt. So I guess for me, that's kind of my thing where I'm like, I never want a weak hat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess it's kind of my intriguing thing. And I guess it's, I don't want to act like I'm thinking either kind of going, Oh, okay, I need to think how I'm revealing this card. Okay. This is what we're going to do. So I don't know. I just find that and trim. That's the one con side of it.
0: Sounds I, like I you it. need the Maxim app. There hey. we go. <laughs> Is
1: that a segue? How would I segue? That was into a beautiful segue, Doug. Well done. Nice. Well wow, nice. Done.
2: Tell us about it.
1: So okay.
0: So let's so let's talk about this. What, so the we'll ma- have, maxim. Like, have you have you bought this thing, Brendan? No. No. Okay. Nobody had, I, I thought about buying it and then I was like, eh, I don't think so.
1: Yeah. And like the thing is I can personally say I will never work with it and I would never do it anywhere. That, personally. Let me, I, I was going to buy it and if nothing else kind of give a
0: reviewed opinion of it. Here's what I did though. I looked for a review on the thing and the first review I find is some guy who in his five minute review brings up the fact that this thing has bugs. Just like Cognito had. So you're releasing a product with bugs. I'm not gonna buy it right away. You know, and no. he says in the review, he said, My suggestion, wait a few weeks until they work out the bugs.
1: Okay, I will. You know, very good, very good shout. Um, yeah, like, I mean, I guess my thoughts in terms of not that I want to compare it to the Stackwatch, but the Stackwatch is an awful product. Let's just start oh, that one quick, one
0: click. For those not listening, Maxim is a phone app that delivers information related to a mem- memorized deck, allowing you to work out interesting revelations. That this is what Maxim is, to my understanding. Correct. So I guess it,
1: I kind of want to compare kind of a couple of things here that I've okay. you know, have been brought yeah. into the market in recent years that have been stack deck things, but you don't need a word of stack to do them. Right. So the stack watch is literally, it was an illusionist product. So that already shows it's shit, um, but literally <laughs> mnemonica around the rim of the watch. And you would adjust to get it to where it kind of, you know, to communicate where it needs to be and kind of the covering would be like, um, okay, I'm going to give you five seconds to shuffle the deck or, you know, like, or change, no five seconds to change your mind kind of set up for a premise. And I just hate that. Like, I mean, my thing is, if you're looking at your watch at a gig, what an awful thing to communicate to your audience of I'm, you know, I'm bored or whatever. Um, But besides that, um, where I was going with that point, I just blanked. Oh my goodness. Um, I was going to, oh yes. um, was the marketing of it? Let's say they marketed it as a learning tool or a memory aid. No, they said, you don't need to learn mnemonica. Like you just need this product. And it's just like, no, like learning mnemonica, well, not even mnemonica, just a stack is one of the most useful things you can ever have. And to be able to memorize it is the only really way to perform it.
2: Can you imagine so, having to set up the deck and you have to look at your watch to know what the order is? Like what's the second guy? Oh, yeah, this one. All right, great. Like, yeah, you're and like to set up
1: Danny, <laughs> he made the best parody of it this was brilliant. So he made a parody of the stack watch and it was this basically. So wait, like, Josh, name a card,
2: 10 of hearts,
1: 10 of hearts. Great. I'm I'm going to give you five seconds to change your mind. Um, the, Do you want to change your mind? And then <laughs> yes. that person would change their mind and then he'd be like, Oh, I'll give you another five seconds to change your <laughs> mind. Okay, great. You want to change your mind? Okay. <gasps> let me give you another five seconds. Why? Like, it was, hilarious but you gotta do it
0: again when they name the number right you gotta be like uh, you you know you make
1: another adjustment after the first one exactly and it's just like no like compared to us you know where it's just like boom name a card we can get there with a cut now or you know we know our variables of where it is and we can jazz different reveals etc etc so the thing with maxim which i think is interesting so maxim is an app that communicates stack deck reveals as doug said so the idea of once you, so you would communicate the name. So for instance, the name card is the 10 of hearts. The audience member would be cutting the deck. Once you see that the bottom card is the six of clubs, you'd then plug that into the app. Then the app would then communicate to you, you know, at least one way to reveal that card. I liked yeah. this idea. I really like this idea. Actually. It's, it's intriguing, but I, again, it's that cover, right? So the cover is having a stopwatch, And the audience shuffling for like 30 seconds or whatever. I think it's just weird having the phone in the hand and such a controlled variable. Uh,
0: Are you sure that's the only way to go? The stop? I did read the stopwatch was a presentation hook to get the app rolling. Is that the way? That's the main one I'm saying,
1: because I don't know how else you could justify your phone.
0: Well, there's so many clever input ways
1: now that, you know. Like, there, think... There's input ways, but again, it's justifying, like casuals one thing. Bringing it, and it into play. In it. And H- having the justification to... for bringing your phone into your play. Right, into play. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, my phone shouldn't be in sight unless it's justified. So I, I use my phone in my show, but I'm incredibly proud of the justifications I'm using.
0: Now, now I wonder, is it have iWatch integration? Because if it has something like that, now it's a whole different ballpark. If you can get this information... Now I'm looking at my watch again, though. Brendan's looking at me like, now you're looking at your watch, Doug.
1: <laughs> exactly. I, and dude, you're still frozen for me, but I know what you're doing. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, so, it's, but, you know, maybe that could be covered, though, because you could have your back towards The thing about the iWatch, see you, mixing. you so can have it
0: dimmed and then tur- dial up the dim. So you could just be like this. It's not on, dial it up, get a quick peek and dial it down. So this is a yep. lot more reasonable than having hmm. to dial in a setting to make the yeah so that's that's
1: a bit more covered but it's yeah i think it's just that power of like you know and again (coughs) i don't think Maxim has been marketed this way so i don't have as much as an issue like i did with StackWatch. like i think this product has a place but i guess the big thing for me as i say some reveals are not as strong as others um this app obviously because (coughs) it has other crazy stuff going on it's doing things that we can't really mentally calculate on a quick basis compared to knowing of where it's going to be compared to knowing from a cut position where a named card is. Um, And obviously can create some other interesting reveals, which I think is really interesting, but I just don't think the cover is strong enough. And for me, when it loops back to a spelling trick or, you know, that kind of reveal, I don't know if that's strong enough for me.
2: Mm. I think it's, yeah, like, because the thing is, I mean, I mentioned at the start, I've been working with the stack for five, six years. Now I can do this stuff on a whim. Yeah. But like, so now I don't need an app. I can do all these things, get to cards, this and that. So it's kind of like, do you just give up that artistic journey to use an app or is there a way to enhance it by using both? I'm envisioning
0: this as a a bridge to learning the work as as you use the app. Mm. Perhaps, because, like, yeah, I, you... I
1: guess that that's the one thing I'll give it because again, like the pro of Maxim that normal stack work you can't do unless you're a math genius is being able to know where a card is from any position so the idea that the two of mm. clubs could now be the bottom card and that we would now know the variables of named cards
2: yep, compared yep. to when we have the
1: nine of diamonds on the bottom so that's the real advantage and I feel, but it, is that what the power is it can give that kick of like wow i get that instant gratification of what mnemonica is capable of with having that cheat way to do it
2: yeah yeah the words of uh, urnace if it
0: puts money in the pockets of the author it will have served its purpose
1: (laughs) well yeah absolutely Uh, um, i mean hey like i mean lloyd should smash it out of this because again it's not a bad idea it's just
0: It's also, I think another plus we haven't talked about is it integrates multiple stacks. So you're not relegated to one stack. If maybe there's Hmm. a universe where you want to
1: use something different. Totally. But again, like there's nothing stopping you from learning more stacks either.
0: Short-term memory loss, sir.
1: I'm going to challenge that. I would, I would get, get reading on your Harry Harry Lorraine, man. Like I think in terms of memory techniques, like I've been doing a lot of memory stuff this year and what the human brain is capable of storing, with the right techniques, you'd be surprised.
0: Yeah, but not if you smoke a lot of weed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Here's what could be interesting. What if, because I've seen this app exist where you can have a you can have a deck spread out, and I saw this on the Wizard product review, and it can it can take a photo of it and tell you what card is missing. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this one, Brendan? So there's
1: quite a few different kind of things. Now, like with that, and then like RFID chips, there's this new thing that's like this laser scanning thing. Basically, think like you'd have UV ink on the deck, and basically, Mm. it has a thing that scans it, and then it can take what's card that's missing. It's there's some mental stuff out there now,
2: so that's insane. So, what if you know what could make this app very useful is if the deck could be shuffled, spread out, you whatever justification, take a photo, yeah. and, now, and now the app will configure everything to that new order of the shuffled deck. That could be interesting. That,
1: that's intriguing.
2: That, that could save your ass if, should it happen, you're doing stack work and then someone shuffles the deck and says, now do it again or whatever, you know, whatever happens. Cool. That, that I would pay money for, Lloyd Barnes.
1: Backup thing, I would froth that. So someone
0: get on that. Yeah, I'm going to disagree. Really, the deciding factor beyond the, you know, it's got bugs. Is this for me and not buying Maxim? Who needs a freaking card trick on your phone? You don't need a freaking card trick on your phone.
1: God, there's enough card tricks
0: and there's enough phone apps. You don't have to do the card tricks on your phone.
1: And that's what I mean. Like, I guess where I'm kind of like, I don't think the trick's strong enough to have that much focus on what could potentially be an average reveal or a miracle. Yeah. And I to don't want to take that risk when someone yeah. can go to me, great, name a card, boom. Okay, any reason? Okay, great. Look, one card out of the deck, the card you named, the three diamonds, whatever. Yeah. Like yeah. when I can have that controlled hit and I can know I can hit that every damn time, I would much rather have that.
2: Yeah. yeah. One thing I'll say to you, Brennan, to your question at the start of all this is like about you not wanting to have weak hits and that kind of thing mm-hmm. is um, the – for me, the two things. One is the approach I normally take is I'll do other effects with the stack first, where yeah. it is, it's the same ending no matter what. Like the one I love doing with the rubber band. I, I'm sure you've seen <laughs> a million videos of me doing. Yeah, like they name any card, they stop wherever the rubber band's around it. It shoots out that card. I always do that stuff first, and then at the end, I say. You know what, we haven't done? We've tried doing a pick a card, we've tried naming a card, but we haven't tried just thinking of a card. And so, because it's at the end now, for some reason, it's like it's more justified that it would be, it could end up being a, a longer process to get to the card or whatever. But the mm. other thing, the other That's thing, nice I, thanks. The other thing I try to keep in mind is, and I always refer back to this when I heard Ozzy Wynn say it, he always goes, because he loves old magic where that might happen where you have to dance around a bit and the thing he says and i've heard him say in two different interviews now is that he doesn't believe in outs he just believes in outcomes and he loves each one the same
1: 100 i i remember hearing that and i i love that idea and i think and again that's what i mean where it's like being prepared and knowing your variables
2: absolutely and and uh, when it's
1: like okay someone names a card okay, that's a bit of a weaker reveal than I'd like. I'm going to do this to do that instead. So then I can get a guaranteed bomb.
2: Yeah. And and just to end what he, what Ozzy says is he's like, yeah, I put the same amount of enthusiasm into it, you know, directly hitting as it would be if it has to come out of my pocket or my, my wallet or whatever. 100%. Um, so it's on you. Ozzy drop dropping the gems all. again. Yeah. It was great. He did this whole, I only just discovered it yesterday. I was like, you know what? I'm going to spend some time learning some magic, um, like watch a lecture or something. And I stumbled across Ozzy's Instagram and I clicked on his reels and he has a whole interview where he's jamming with uh, Franco Piscali and they just did it Instagram live. Oh, but no way. It, I
1: need to check that out. Awesome. Yeah.
2: But, um, but in it, there's so many gems that they talk about and, and things that they show each the other. Hot tip and, there you yeah, talk about this... the show he's developing. Is this a recent thing you looked at? No, this was this was probably like a year ago or something. Hmm. But it's Have you still seen there? his and... recent
0: reels where he's developing apparently some theater show.
2: Yeah, well, you
1: know,
0: that's gonna I, kill.
2: I kind of assume I, I
1: would. I'm so tempted to fly to New York just to see it. Like, yeah, like Ozzy Win these days is probably my favorite magician.
2: I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: right. he's yeah, man. I can't look away whenever he's performing no it's just anything of his just
1: take my money
2: yeah you know you know it's funny you brought up that clip doug and i actually thought to be honest that that was um i thought he was helping out david blaine's show opening in vegas i thought that's what that clip was of but i've forgotten that he's doing a run in new york and that's what that is
1: yeah <laughs> yeah it's
2: exciting that's insane um, yeah that's going to be insane yeah. Like, you. Yeah. And again,
1: what, it's just more good stuff for Magic.
2: Yeah. Watching him fry the pants off every magician at Magic Live in, in the session room, including myself, was insane. And he just held that audience forever. Like, everyone was just surrounded around him. And he's just blowing minds with people that know Magic and shouldn't be getting fooled, you know? So good. And even just his humor for magicians was yeah. hilarious. Like, he'd just done, like, 50 card tricks, and then someone's like can you do anything else other than card tricks? He's like, what do you want to see? And they're like a coin trick. So he's like, oh, well, give me a coin. And he just does like, he actually does a really good um, execution of it, but he does like the this homo thing where you make a coin jump from one hand to the other. Mm-hmm. But he does it in like two seconds and he goes, all right, now back to the card tricks. <laughs> and it was, just like, so good. It was just like perfect timing. Um, oh, that is beautiful.
1: Yeah, friggin' If anyone, yeah, anything of RC1, just anyone listening, if you haven't looked at RC1, please, please, yeah, go get his masterclass, get repertoire, just get everything.
2: It's all good, all of it is good. Even, uh, have you played with his, um, the box effect? I haven't actually, oh, the card card
1: box, no, that's like the one thing of his I haven't actually looked at.
2: I've been to,
1: again just because it's Aussie, but I already know. Bloody hell, that's going to be a mesh.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I haven't dared to uh, work on it enough yet to, to actually perform it, but it's, like, fun practicing it.
1: Oh, I can and, make like, uh, that's the thing. Like, it's one of those things where I'm just like, I'd love to have it as a magician thing, but yeah. it's just, like, pulling that off in the real world. Um,
2: it's like, for those listening, it's you name, they name a card, and he's like, I'm going to... F- No, what does he say? You name a card and I'm going to force it on you, but try not to pick that card. So they name a card. He's like, all right, I'm going to make you pick it. And then uh, they touch a card and he's like, you know what would be better than this being your card? What if uh, that card was actually the one on top of the deck or whatever? And then he alludes to saying, well, what if the card that you named that I forced you to to pick is actually not in this deck? It's actually in the box on the table and they pick up the box and no like
1: Right in front of them.
2: Yeah, like their named card is in the box, and uh, it's all it's sleight of hand, and but it's insane. That's a miracle,
1: uh, absolute miracle.
2: Good stuff. Hey, this has been a great chat. Great chatting, this
1: has been. This has been great. I agree. um, I feel like if
0: I listened to this, and I did, there's lots of value in this one.
2: Yeah, and uh, also
1: just everyone go learn a snack. That's your mission for the week.
2: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. and what were you going to say, Doug?
1: I'm going to keep it a secret. I'm going to be
0: a magician about it. I'm
1: not
2: done. I'm sorry, Doug. Until next week, guys. Peace.
0: Thanks for listening.
2: It's time for
0: us to disappear now. Disappear now. But we'll see you again on the next episode of The Magic Guys.